everyone. Welcome to our first podcast, um, Three Devs and a Maybe. Good evening and welcome to another instalment of Three Devs and a Maybe. Good afternoon, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Three Devs and a Maybe podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. Hello and Hello, welcome, welcome to, to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe, the 100th episode. Hey. Ooh, we've hey. done it. We did 100 episodes of this. That's Can we crazy. retire now? We, well, we can, you know, live, live, live in our mansion, you know. Yeah, anyway, uh, Mickey, yes. do you want to kick off? I mean, hopefully, through my lovely editing, through my lovely editing, we would have heard your beginning of the first episode, and it was quite fun going back and listening to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you want to kick off the 100th episode, man? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, like you say, 100th episode, pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, it felt very uh, befitting, is that a word? I don't, I don't know. Uh, in the sense that, when I first came up with the idea of doing the podcast, we, I was driving back from Bath, uh, or, or Bath, Bath, uh, for you guys, yeah, and uh, yeah, and we just all met up like near Bath, right, this Bath. weekend. It is pretty Bath. crazy. Bath, <laughs> full, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, and yeah, it's crazy to think we uh, we've done a hundred episodes, and crazy to think that the maybe was Mr. Ed Mann, who has, uh, yeah. who has yeah. no life and seems to do this Pretty all much time. running the show, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. We probably wouldn't, we probably wouldn't be here without him. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And uh, I guess this is the right, the right sort of time to thank someone like uh, our repeat guests and, and re, uh, loyal fans of the show and people who've come on the podcast. I mean, I hate to list them now because I'm going to forget people, but certainly, like, Ed, you raised the point that Joe... Watkins have been on like was it eight times, and Jimmy in particular as well. Jimmy, Jimmy. yeah, the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah, absolutely, and everyone who's come on the show and you know has yeah. taken the time. I mean, we never thought that this would actually be anything no. really. And I think everyone who's come on, we, we've been blown away that people have uh, given up their spare time to come on. Really, um, and people who thought we would just delete our email straight away. Well, so. that's it. Yeah, delete our tweet, delete our email, and ignore it. Actually, going yeah, sure, and we're like, oh crap, you actually want to come on? Wow, okay, I didn't really expect yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, should we uh, should we go around as we usually do? Um, let's let's start with Fraser Hart. Oh, How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, I can't remember what I've been up to since the last time I spoke. Um, it's been business as usual in the office. Um, I've done no freelance work over the weekend. Obviously, saw you guys at the weekend, which is good fun. Boom. And that is pretty much me, to be honest. I don't have a whole lot to report. Nothing exciting has happened. It's just been chugging away and been working on some new developments on the uh, the lottery app that I work on at my, my day job. What and yeah, that's, that's the VR much. thing, though. That's pretty. Oh, cool. yeah, I've been playing a lot of VR. Uh, not as much VR as I'd like. I think last time I played was... Yeah, last time I played was Friday night before I saw you lot. So I'm going to, after the podcast tonight, I'm going to have some food and then ah, have a couple of of VR. And you can make a sandwich in, in VR. Can I just cut know? in a mode? Go for I, it, I, I just lost all... And he's gone. Oh, Audio and he did. for about two minutes. Oh, I didn't my God. hear any of that. This is so apolo- apologies if you hear me talk. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> this is like deja vu. This is like the first episode. With yeah. Me. And yeah. it's like Ed, and this is how Ed got into. And we've done this deliberately, right? Just oh, to... absolutely. This is all part of the yeah, part of the present oh, the that is the hundredth episode. Yeah. Was uh, I the only one that cut out there? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, you, you did the Ed. You did the Ed. Blame it on your router. And yeah. Would so you like to endorse Virgin you... Broadband right now? Or... <laughs> uh, no, God, God. Well, sorry. this is confusing. <laughs> wow. Can you hear us, Lou? I can now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I want to uh, know what happened. So, Lou, uh, how have you been, man? What have you been up to this week? I've been getting over my birthday. <laughs> this is fun. Thank, thanks for coming up, guys. Oh, Hope you dude, like. It was Thank a you. great catch-up. Great catch-up. 
Yeah, the, all yeah. three of the guys uh, came up for my birthday in Froome, so we had a nice barbecue on Saturday, which seems like ages ago because I'm looking out the window at pouring rain now. And uh, yeah, had a good catch up. It was really, really, yeah, really cool. Glorious. Good to see you guys. First time we'd all been together since I can remember. Likewise, yeah, no, it was really good. Thank you very much for hosting us, and uh, yeah, and thank you for the spectacular barbecue. Spectacular. <laughs> By that you mean everyone's still alive. <laughs> yes. No, it's fantastic as well because you know I was saying like the missus has gone vegan, so it's it's very rare that I get to uh, to eat <laughs> eat a lot of meat. So yeah, okay. it was very very good. Oh, awesome! Did you get out on your bike, right? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a late one, but yeah, managed to, to get out for a few hours, which was which was okay, and then did a little run afterwards. So, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, it's like it's 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 like it's come and gone. We're all back working again, and suddenly, no. yeah. But work's going alright. I've got two things going at the moment that keep flip flopping. My, I keep I, you can't say the uh, the actual name of what you're doing when it's not gone live yet, can you? It'd be much easier <laughs> if I could. But <laughs> the, the right move property site has come to another little bit of a halt, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a pain. But that's all been going well. I've is it silly Billy tax? Silly, oh, my mug. Ed got me a mug. Oh, I got you. No, oh no, no. I mean, it, does this involve silly Billy tax? You know, the fact that you know certain things aren't going live, just clients and stuff. Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah, I've I've put I've already what were two days and a bit of Monday, so I've already put in about five six hours worth of overtime in two and a half days and um, four today, and then said thing that was supposed to be happening today didn't go ahead. So clients. Yeah, all good. Well, you've been mm. up to you've been up to anything else in your free time, program wise? So you haven't had much free time, seeing as you've been like working. Uh, no, like... yeah, no, I've been out on the been out on the golf course a little bit. That's been going nicely. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, other than that, I've just got one other project on the go, which is um, an in-house thing for uh, for the company to help showcase all the photography for the brochures, which has been quite an interesting project. I've been doing that. Can you speak a bit about that? Are you allowed to talk about that, or is that under under wraps? No, that's all right. That's just a just a client thing. That's uh, so. Basically, what happens is we send out photographers to go and take take nice high res pictures of all the the properties and stuff in London that are going to be going into the brochures. And currently at, at work, they send them the photos and they just have to manually compile PDFs with them, which takes them forever because there's probably 50, 60 pay, uh, photos for each project. So I'm building um, just an app where they can upload all the photos through and then uh, compiling them into... Um, contact sheet pdfs on the front they're called contact sheets but they're just basically like a photo album in pdf form so yeah that's pretty much what i've been doing i've gone a bit crazy with it i've taken the opportunity to try and do a few different things i've started with a fresh laravel installation rather than plugging in all my old existing code and stuff and yeah it's been quite fun to work on actually i found a really cool thing called upload care which i don't know if you've heard of no what's that it's um it's like a CDN cloud based thing, so you can upload all your images onto the server, onto the onto the upload care servers rather than onto your own. Oh, nice! Do they provide like an API? So is it like yeah. hosted uploads then, essentially? Yeah, but oh, it is cool. exactly that. I'll put a link in the. Yeah, it wasn't. Thing. What's the pricing like on that? It's not too bad. It's you're right up until um. Hang on, I'll just get the the thing up. It's free for quite a while. Because it's always interesting with these because some of them kind of are just essentially wrap like S three. Do you know if this like wraps S3 or has it got its own? It backs up to S3, but I don't think it wraps anything. I, I'm not entirely sure. It's got, it supports a few various things. But it's no, quite nice sometimes it's... to just let someone else deal with all the upload stuff, especially assets and things like that. Well, when you're dealing with this many pictures and stuff, like 50, 60 yeah, high-res images. You don't want that that hassle. And then, as you say, like backing them up, making sure they're all right and everything. You just want the you know the business logic. You edit, update, but then the actual assets are stored somewhere else. 
Yeah, exactly. And they give you they give you like a really nice widget, HTML5 widget that you can stick on your page as well that you can use for dragging and dropping and all that stuff. And it just kind of works and it's nice. You know, it, it takes care of a lot of stuff that would otherwise take a while quite quickly. Brilliant. So you just have to register your account in there, get your key, drop that in and Bob's your teapot. <laughs> that is a Bob's your teapot. How about you, Mickey? What have you been that up to now? Uh, so obviously I'm still working on my big, um, sort of web stats project and, um, trying to think of anything new in there that I should really talk about. So, uh, I've swapped out the OAuth library that I was using. I was using, is it, uh, Brent, uh, Schaefer's one and I'm now using, uh, sorry for pronunciation, but Luca Digisperi's one, which is, has like a, it's all sort of custom made for Laravel. It's been quite nice. Um, generally still, massively confused about OAuth but uh, I think slightly understanding it more than I, I was um, and I've gone from using sort of like a refresh token system to um, just sort of a standard client credentials one and what else have I been doing um, I've been doing a lot more PHP unit stuff just on my um, API endpoints and other than that uh, there was something else and it's completely gone but and that was uh, the most important part Yes, exactly, exactly <laughs> that. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's still going. I've had a lot of like demos this week, like one to my client and then one to one of the shareholders of the oh, um, project. Is that always when the problems happen? And you're like, oh come on, how did the demo fa-? like you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah weirdly the, the demo went a lot better than I thought it would do. To be honest yeah. with you, and that's where the testing, I guess, is you know come in handy. So yeah, just really busy with that, and then. Um, yeah, I've still got my master's looming that I really need to get done by September and uh, really struggling to be honest with you doing that and uh, being self-employed is, is really, really hard. And yeah. I, do you find guilty when you're, I guess but it could go both ways, doesn't it? Like you'd feel guilty when you're doing your coursework and you'd also feel guilty when you're doing work because you're neglecting. A hundred percent. And yeah. on top of that, um, feel guilty sometimes that I've not spent enough time with Toby as well. So. Yeah. But at the same time, if you don't do the work, then you don't make the money. And um, yeah. it's not like, you know, if you've got a full-time job, then you get paid regardless of whether you've been exactly, lazy that yeah. month or you've put in a great shift that month. And uh, so, yeah, it is very different in that respect. But, uh, but yeah, and I'm still really enjoying it. And uh, I am learning a lot. And I said to Ed today, I, f- I still feel like I'm learning React. Like I've been using it for, you know, maybe four or five months now. And I still feel yeah. like every day I'm learning something with that or, you know, a different way of doing it or a better way of like using components in like various areas like reusing them and stuff yep i guess in a way that's really good because it means it keeps it fresh and yeah yeah i don't know maybe keeps the the enjoyment value there when you're constantly learning stuff definitely i really have learned a lot in the last um five six months actually really have benefited from that and uh, yeah react and flux and oh yeah react router i started using um the other day um because the application i'm making is supposed to be a single page application so i wanted something so you uh, mentioned sorry, you mentioned uh, PHP unit on on your API. Are you also yeah. doing testing on your React stuff as well? I'm not. Yeah, I, 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 I do need to do that. Yeah, you right. probably shamed me there, but uh, in the minute, sorry, But I sort of when I started this project, I was thinking, oh, because I'm my my own boss, effectively, I'm going to do this 100 percent right, and I'm going to have testing from the start. And then it was like, oh, right, I really need to meet this milestone by this date, so I'll just get all this code out. And then I'll test it afterwards. And, yeah. um, and like literally it's been, you know, sort of this week that I started adding a lot more testing to, um, those API endpoints. But I, you know, I felt like that was a good place to start because 
if they're working, then you know, in theory, the rest of the application should should work okay. But yeah. you're right, the, the front end stuff, the React, I really do need to. Uh, and I don't know what what the best way to do that is. I don't. Ed, do you have anything? Um, so yeah, I mean, we, uh, uh, my builder, we've kind of gone through many different ways of testing um, the React side of things because you can kind of go React. You know, is the view layer like you were saying, like with React Router and things, and you you have the Flux architecture around it, or but you kind of encapsulate all the business logic within Flux and the stores, and then you know use React just for the presentation layer. But yeah. you get into some cases where obviously you use things internal state within React components, and then that makes them a bit more confusing. Um, yeah. So what you know typically now you use the kind of Redux model where essentially you're passing down props all the time. So your components are just passing props. Like you can have a little bit of state within them, but everything should just be passing props. And essentially, because that's referentially transparent, which essentially just means something that if you pass it the same parameters, it will give you the same output. Now, if you make a React component with only props, everything that I pass you technically, if I you know ask for the result of that, it will be the exact thing that I expect and it will be that way all the time. As opposed to maybe with state things, what happens is load up a state component, arrange it into a certain state, and then you do your certs and things so typically you know we've kind of gone through so the way that i typically have done it in the past is you have your flux so you, you kind of have that's so looking at the diagram if you were to look at the diagram of the flux architecture you'd know from the actions to the store where you say okay then like pass this in and then the output which is the store assert what comes out there and you just use that as a black box essentially so you're just saying call this action with these props uh with these so with these arguments or whatever and assert that this store is in this state brilliant that's input output that's very nice very easy very you know kind of state driven testing um, and then from there what you're using that state for is for the components so then what you do is you'd stub the store um, and then you'll be able to then just isolate and use the react side where you know you're doing the react maybe you're saying okay when it's got these uh, this store state it should be represented like this and things like that clicking that should you know you then do the contract test where you're saying okay if I click on this button what should happen is it should go and call this client action you can spy on that to make sure it does that so you can assert both levels you can assert both the actions to the store in, in in its isolation and then you can assert that the react side of it is doing it where it's getting it's displaying the things correctly it can do some internal state but this is where it gets a little bit you know a bit funky where you know how much do you want to do within the state of react maybe you should be pushing that more out into the flux architecture yeah. and um or redux whatever you use um and then what you then do is you can do your contract test, which are when I actually click these actions, what happens? You know, like, well, well, well sorry, when mm. I click on something, does it actually call the, the correct action? doesn't matter that it's doing the action because you're testing the action in another kind of isolation test. That has worked really well for us, but we've kind of working around, you know, using more props-based stuff, less state stuff. But yeah, so there's many ways you can go. And, and there is like the whole thing of like using Phantom JS and kind of that's like the selenium of the world of, of JavaScript where essentially you're just giving a whole browser to it, you know, a whole, yeah. you know, and that's fine, but it's very slow. And especially with this thing called shallow rendering and things now in, React, in the React world where you don't have to render everything and you're only like rendering my one level deep because you're using, if you're using these functions essentially, which are just returning your state, you can essentially just shallow the, okay, is it doing what's doing in there as opposed to having to load up this massive tree where you've got the stores, registering to those, etc it's just a simple function call um so it's kind of taking that functional style and having these very small functions that are isolated and everything that they need is passed in the parameters and then it's returned and not worrying about you know any magic internal state stuff okay yeah well i need to get around to doing that to be honest with you that sounds good uh yeah so how about you ed man you're the only one we've, we've left out right 
Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, so uh, what I've been doing. So a project that I've been working on, uh, probably last week started, uh, that was released today. It was my first foray into any kind of front-endy CSS-y, uh, CSS <laughs> JavaScript, you know, more kind of just the typical front-endy stuff yep. as opposed to like the application side stuff using React and, and all that in a while, probably in a year or two, which is quite crazy in a year or so. And um, it was a very simple case of just essentially restyling this FAQ section. So I actually had to do some of the markup for it. Um, and then I did it to the CSS. I was trying to follow this BEM, um, BEM, which is a, like a CSS standard. Um, and I then had to give it to the designers to say, look, is this okay what I'm doing with the CSS? Because again, like all this stuff using learning flex and all this has been a great learning curve and it's completely different to like, I mean, it is crazy how more complex the front end stuff now is. And, you know, you, you can kind of get very rusty at it. And I will say one thing, though. So one of the things we are we do now, obviously, is we don't use jQuery. And we're just using vanilla JavaScript. And I, I won't go back. Like, the things you can do with just query selector and class list are just mm-hmm. amazing. Um, query selector essentially allows you to use CSE select, CSS selectors, which is, you know, one of the wins of being able to, you know, be able to select things from the, from the DOM using jQuery. You can do that now in just native and you can do that from native from IE8. IE8 has a little bit of problems because I think it's only CS, it's CSS3 stand, uh, three compa- compatibility is a little bit mixed, but I would say from IE9, if you're supporting IE9 and above, just use query selector. You don't need to worry about jQuery anymore. And then class list available from IE10, I think it is, and you can get polyfills for anything lower um, and that's what we do and a, a class essentially allows you know to be able to manipulate the classes on things because typically now everything's you know done with classes and then query selector allows us to you know be able to set fetch things from the dom so with those two things under your belt you can pretty much do everything that i felt i needed to do with jquery um that i you know pretty much all the typical things you would do jquery is fetching things from the dom and then aside you know adding event listeners and things like that and yeah i mean i was amazed that i've been able to do this work to a lot of very inte- kind of very dom intensive stuff um you know being able to find things using css selectors and things find the first etc and do all this logic to show and hide things and everything stuff that i would just do in jquery but then i've been able to do just in vanilla javascript have you Um, been referring to the jquery source for that no 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 because i mean essentially now you really can kind of just i mean there's a website you know do do i need to use jquery.com but really a lot of it you can just learn it in vanilla and it's so much nicer knowing the vanilla side of it because you don't then have the payload of just jquery coming down the pipe um and but one thing and this has been kind of the trend because i think googling stuff saying oh please you know how do i in javascript do x or y always brings up a jquery answer it's like because yes, yeah. jQuery has become ubiquitous for JavaScript and it is so annoying because obviously I don't want to use jQuery. I'm like, how do I do this in vanilla JavaScript? But you still. But then two years ago, that information would have been absolute gold That's dust for us. So it's just kind of waiting for the yeah. times to catch up and everyone right. getting used to the fact that not everyone's using jQuery these days. And then that will start to become the norm again, I think. Am I in a minority here then, being still using it? No, no, no. I, I still use jQuery. Well, we use Backbone and one of Backbone's just dependencies is jQuery. Um, so it's already in there. Um, so I'll use it to make things easier for myself. But if yeah, if I'm using a project that doesn't have Backbone, then I just, yeah, then I won't use it. But but I even I'll... use it in, inside of React components. Sometimes I probably get slammed for that. 
<laughs> I mean, it's whatever you want to use. I mean, if you're using it and you enjoy it, that's fine. Like, in our, in our kind of, like, with, with my builder, we want to kind of get away from it just because of the performance side of things. And we just want, you know, the fact that we can now do most. I mean, the, the nice thing, thing is, is we can ha- only have to support IE9 and above. So we have quite a luxury in that the things that IE9 supports, we can, you know, use, you know, happily. Does it uh, affect the payload that much then? Well, it's a massive. Mind, it's... I mean, if you think about jQuery, like, what you're bringing down for no reason, like all the transformate transition stuff, all of the, you know, the kind of quirk mode things and all that. Like you just don't need to worry about it if you're just using vanilla, uh, vanilla J- yeah. JS. Um, but anyway, no. So one of the things was obviously that you know it, they're all jQuery answers. What I found, and I've been looking through Google, is that you can do some really advanced. Ser- well, I say advanced. Like you can actually do some more search, you know, more kind of complicated searches within J uh, within Google, and you can actually like remove certain things. You can say not including jQuery and things like that. How do I do the X in J in JavaScript? Then I'll do dash uh, jQuery, and essentially that means not anything with jQuery in the content. So it allows me to then filter out essentially anything with jQuery, and I only get the yep. vanilla stuff. So it's a nice way of being able to just say, "Look, I really want just vanilla stuff." Yeah. But no, I mean, I-, I wouldn't say that using jQuery is bad at all because it-, it serves a purpose. Like you know, if you're still having to support browsers less than IE nine, then you're going to want to be using it, especially for stuff you know like the C- like if you can't use Query Selector um, completely, then yeah, you definitely still need to use it. Yeah, and obviously, you know, gave some... me my um, my first jQuery lesson. It was Michael Budd. Oh yeah, yeah. do you remember this day? Do you remember? Uh, no, but tell <laughs> me. you came but up. Good, you came upstairs, and um, when oh. we were working in that first place where we worked together. Yeah, yeah, and um, seductive like. Yeah, <laughs> swanned his way up, and uh, yeah, proceeded to sit down and show me some cool jQuery stuff. Was yeah. it good advice? I do remember it now. Yeah, it's confession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just looking so. at the, uh, the the file sizes of jQuery Minified. So the Minified jQuery is what eighty between eighty and eighty five k, depending on which version you use. If you're in two point x, um, so it, it's not a massive amount. It's probably the size of a couple of images. Which if if you get a lot of benefit out of them, it's absolutely worth keeping it in. Um, it's also worth considering as well because it it does make it a bit slower using it than the vanilla JavaScript because obviously you've got so many different kind of paths for the execution to go down just to execute for instance document query selector or or whatever um but uh yeah it's, it's not a massive amount but if you're trying to squeeze every kind of last shaving off your page then you'll, you'll do well to get rid of it yeah i think um i definitely sort of agree with everyone saying like in no way shape or form should jquery be slagged off because it oh it's god just, no. it was absolutely brilliant and still is absolutely brilliant but oh uh, yeah and like my, a lot of um, people that are into javascript these days they came in through through jquery yeah because yeah, javascript was so yeah. horrible yeah yeah <laughs> exactly but i think it's like it, yeah it's it's a really unintimidating way for people to get into programming as well i think isn't it because it's kind of yeah. the, a lot of people that are now writing javascript they came to to web development through html and css and they kind of learn it uh, css and like, oh hang on so i can do javascript knowing pretty much css and a little bit more and then it's yeah. kind of it, it's a really it was well it still is a really good entry into uh, into javascript um yeah i mean jquery essentially made the like the, the essentially that like the apis that we have for javascript for the dom and for you know dealing in the browser you know made them better because you know the fact that we had this nice api from jquery heavily influenced i'm, I'm guessing how they developed you know query selector and how they developed all these things that are now present in the browser yeah yeah so it was mad, definitely a good thing. It's mad to think. I'm, I'm the newest to this out of the four of us. So I've been doing it, what, nearly four years now. Even in those four years, JavaScript, PHP hasn't, 
hasn't changed massively in terms of a lot of the stuff I do. You know, we do is still the same. There's obviously new features as you go along, but JavaScript has just changed completely, hasn't it? Um, so, I would even I'd say even with the S2015, it's not changed. Just I mean, just with what you can do, like the the imagine of um, I think it's how much you're using it now and everything. Yeah. I think it's how much you're using it now and like how much you're kind of depending on it. And I guess that's because you know you can you've so started trusting the browser more. Now. Yeah, you've started yeah. trusting the browser more. You know, you've started relying more on the browser doing work. Like I say, like the work that I did today, like a lot of it, you're thinking, oh, you could just do page refresh loads for it and things like that. But it's actually, you know, we're we're trusting JavaScript now to actually do this correctly in all browsers and yeah. Yeah, completely agree. I I think yeah, like you say, it's like it's the browsers that have really evolved as well as much as anything that have been a, that have really brought it forward, I guess. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I tend to now if I can avoid it, I, I don't use jQuery. I would never start a project and, and use jQuery now. Yep. Um, but the legacy sites that I've got, I'm not going to like, you know, sweat over it and you know go and refactor them all to take out jQuery unless it's just minimal usage, but. Yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it? But yeah, I think with PHP, it's saying it hasn't changed much. I think probably because we sort of all pretty got into it, like when you know from PHP sort of five onwards. But I know like PHP four, like people talk about that as like the dark times, don't they? Especially like things <laughs> like the you know date time functionality, that all that kind of stuff. And was it PHP four with like the static? Um, uh, what was it? The oh no, it was private methods had the underscores at the beginning, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Did it not have any uh, modifiers? Like yeah, usability modifiers. So you had to like. I mean, that, yeah. you denote that. Like you see, that's the thing. JavaScript still has that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even going back to the, the point of JavaScript having having changed, I don't think JavaScript has actually changed a great deal. Obviously, ES two thousand fifteen was a fairly major step forward, but for yeah. the most part, it was like syntactic sugar, wasn't it? Rather than than anything else. Yeah. Like under the hood, it's it's still pretty much exactly the same. same. We've got yeah. we've got yeah. things like maps and, and what have you now, which is which is really great. But I think the biggest thing for JavaScript is just how it's been implemented. Like in terms of all these new frameworks coming through, and people are and people are thinking of new ways of using the same tool for for a lot of good. So I think un, under the hood, JavaScript is is pretty much yeah. It, it's not changed a huge amount, but yeah, I think the the big change has obviously been in the industry of people finding creative ways to use it and, and it's fantastic so we've got all these frameworks now and we can do things with javascript that we couldn't even think about like even five years ago um and it's yeah it, it, it's a great thing it's very powerful but as, as you said lou though it's funny that in the time you've spent in the web game we were preaching jquery and now you've seen you know the the up and down of that where okay now it's gone and things like that so yeah it's an ever-changing world we live in it's the conversation we were having at the weekend isn't it that every time you find something that you think you might want to use and then you do a bit of research on it you find five or six articles saying oh no you should never use that yep <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, yeah true it's kind of like that so by the time people will start doing using i don't know even one well, no, i suppose most people are going to start using Babel and everything else like that but there'll be there'll be there'll be people out there saying don't use that i'm sure <laughs> well eventually absolutely yeah <laughs> well actually i've got a quick little quiz kind of thing oh. um for, yeah oh. i've got a quick little quiz like so as it's the 100th episode um, I thought it'd be interesting to go back to, or throughout the whole 99 um, previous and kind of do some run some stats on them. Um, okay. and I thought it'd be quite a fun game for everyone. So what we'll do is we'll go Mickey, Fraser, and then Lou. Um, and you uh, give me the answer, you, you guess, and the closest one wins, essentially. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions. So how, me- how much time, in du- the duration of time, 
do you reckon it would take to listen to the whole re- the, the previous 99 episodes how long do you reckon they go for in total back to back so in theory they're all like an hour long right so but then some pretty sure some i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna go with 100 <laughs> yeah 100 hours okay okay how about you fraser I'm going to say slightly over because I remember in the early days we were doing shows that were kind of like we had a couple that were two hours and then really? we went through a run of doing like hour and 15 minute shows. So I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say a hundred and I'm torn between 115 and 120. Ooh. I'm going to say 120. Okay. Okay. How about you, Lee? Uh, we're usually pretty good at hitting the nose of one hour at a time, but. As you say, there. I remember there was one we did with Justin, probably the first one we did with Justin, where we probably could have gone on all night there. So we, I think we cut it short somewhere around the two-hour mark or maybe just beforehand. And there aren't that many that we've done that have been under an hour, I don't think. So I'm going to say, what did Fraser say? He said 120. I didn't want to take his right. I think it's more than that. So I'll say 140. Oh, wow. Okay, let's, so let's be ambitious. So I've just did looking through Google, and so 140 hours is 5.8 days uh, yeah. in total, and then 120 hours is five days, and 100 hours is 4.1 days. Now the actual answer is drum rolled a little bit: four days, ten hours <laughs> to four days, ten hours, fifty minutes, and fifty-eight seconds. So I think. It is Mr. Michael Budd. You got it. Same minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to then ask the average duration. So it is over an hour. I'm going to give you that because everyone got an hour. So how how many how many days do we have? So it's four days, ten hours, fifty minutes. Four days, ten hours, ten hours. So twenty-four, forty-eight, ninety-six. Because I made I made 120 106 hours. hours. Did you say four four days, ten hours? Yes, four 106 days, hours, ten hours, <laughs> 106 hours. Yeah, so I, it is. I think Mr. Michael Budd did get that one. Um, so yeah. So the other question is the average duration. Now it is over a hundred. Uh, no, hundred. Uh, no, sorry, I'm getting confused. Now. It <laughs> is over one hour. But how much past an hour is it? Our average duration per episode. One hour, five minutes. Oh, okay, okay. Fraser? Uh, one hour and four minutes. <laughs> and Luke? <laughs> one, hour, one hour, six minutes. Okay, well, the actual answer is one hour, four minutes and 45 oh! seconds. 40, and how many seconds? 45 seconds. Oh, Mickey wins. Oh, t- oh, excellent. Right. Yeah, so that's it. So every it is uh, over an hour each episode. Mick, um, with the least free time on his hands out of all of us, yet knows this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable uh two other questions these are actually quite interesting so which day of the week do you reckon we release the most episodes on tuesday okay oh release 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 or... yeah not record that's the trick yeah it's release thursday okay thursday yeah for uh fraser uh wednesday okay <laughs> Lou? can i say wednesday as well you can do. I think and you'll both be right. Because yeah. it's oh, 50 oh, episodes. Yeah. 50 episodes have gone out on Wednesday. Boom. And what is the least, the, the day that we re- released the least? It's got to be Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and the final question is, what month of the year have we done the most podcast in? So this is the total of all the years, of all the years we've done, which is about three years. Which month have we done the most in? Hmm. We were pretty... Oh no, you, we do a lot more now. So I'm going to say 
March. Okay, Fraser. April. <laughs> <laughs> Lou. January. Oh, it's actually May. Oh. And January is second. Uh, actually, we have oh. so it's May. We have, we have thirteen episodes released. January, February, and April were ten episodes released. And what do you reckon the the least amount of releases are? Uh, what month? December. Oh, yeah, oh. December, hundred percent. December. Oh, it's, it's August. Summer month. Oh, I know. I thought that. I thought, hang on, that's summer month. So that's obviously. Bit. So we don't yeah. do much on Saturday, and we don't do much in August. There we go. Yeah. Um, and and the, actually, a little bonus one, completely geeky. How many gigabytes do you reckon we have of footage <laughs> of like uh, MP3? Comp- you know, obviously this is releasable footage. So this is edited and, and <laughs> this what, is the edited. Is this is the compressed. This is just you know whatever they can get from the podcast feed. Oh wow! Um, so I'm guessing for every episode is this is. Hang on, you say it's compressed or uncompressed? This is this is compressed. This is what you get it's released. Compressed. This is what we give to the audience or us as well. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, four gig. Oh, I was going to say four gig. <laughs> um, oh dear! Um, you can say four gig if you want. If you want oh, to stick I don't with that, to, I know this is it. Yeah. Oh god! Right. So, because I just had to look at my podcast app as well <laughs> to see just how big the files are. So, I'm going to say three point eight gig. Okay, and Lou, four point seven gig. Mr. Fraser Hart. Oh, oh three point uh, three point five one gig. You're the closest there, man. Yeah, so over over three and a half gig of uh, beautiful three days podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I ran those stats quickly the, uh, today, and it was just really interesting to see, like, kind of that. And, How long did um, it take to pull that off? Oh, just about five minutes. It's really good. <laughs> I get the stats. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite fun, actually, like, going through because we have all of the markdown files have got, like, when we release them, duration, sizes, etc. So it's really easy just to be able to pull them out, do some stats, run some stats on them and everything can kind of get Are you going to release the code that you did the stats I, I am, actually. I think I might as well, you know. What is it, PHP or Python? It, or? It's just PHP. It's just yeah. bog standard PHP. I find that, though, actually. I don't know if you guys are the same. Actually, maybe not any more phrase with you because like, you're JavaScript heavy now, but... Uh-huh. If I need to do a scripting thing, quick thing, I always use just turn to PHP. Classic KSP. Cla- well, and classic. <laughs> can you actually run classic KSP from the command line? I don't even really? know if you can. I don't yeah. know if you can. I'm just wondering. Because I know, because yeah. obviously PHP, run from command line, boom. And I use it all the time for things, small little things. Well, that's a really good idea, yeah. Because I, I did a Python tutorial and half of that was done through the command line. So, yeah, that kind of stuff would be pretty cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's quite a nice little thing just to see what happened. Uh, yeah. I will actually say quickly, uh, speaking about uh, like thank yous and all that lot, uh, Joe Watkins. So we released, we, we sent him off as a thank you because it's eight episodes. It's quite a lot of episodes to be a guest of. So we thought, you know, thanks, Joe, for, you know, coming on the podcast so much and you've, you know, given your free time away, essentially. Um, we sent him off a three devs t shirt and he, I'll put it in the show notes. He sent, I just sent a picture. Oh, cool. Um, which is quite nice. Yeah. So he sent a picture of him with it rocking the uh, three devs and a maybe look. So, which colour did he go for? He went for the black. Well, actually, no, this is a really bad thing. I actually chose it for him. Really? I, I Everyone I always goes for the black. Um, but actually, I was going to, uh, like, speaking about, like, the, as it's, again, the 100th episode, um, kind of discussing, like, how the podcast has gone. Because it is quite interesting. Like, this has been three years of our lives kind of just spent podcasting. And, like, how we've done it has changed. I mean, Mickey, like, yeah. do you want to explain how we used to do the podcast? Like, if, if people who haven't actually listened to, like, the first episode, how was it actually recorded? Yeah, I imagine the first like three or four maybe were just literally recorded through the mic of my iMac. I think <laughs> I didn't even mental. have the I didn't have the Yeti back then. Obviously, I didn't get that till you guys got it for me for my birthday. I think, but uh, 
yeah, it was just, it was literally all you guys coming out the speakers of the iMac and going back into the, to the mic. And it sounds not too bad. Like it is quite scary how well that actually sounded. Um, and also the audio. I don't, I mean, how did you actually do the intro? Because it is just you turning it down, isn't it? I think, oh man, I'm so embarrassed to say that. We had the same theme tune without the introduction, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, rather than fading out, I think he just hit stop. It just goes to slider. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) That's mental. But yeah, I mean, it's funny how like, you know, we've all started this podcast and we've carried it on and really it's super easy to get into podcasts. And I suppose one thing I'd like to say in this episode, kind of like is, you know, if you want to start a podcast, start a podcast. It is easy. Um, the, The hardest thing you can do really, is kind of like where to start, I guess. Like, I suppose for us, like, I mean, where did we start? Like, how did we fight, figure out how to do things and stuff? I know yeah. that, you know, and I suppose, yeah, Mickey, like, how did you find out about, you know, you, well, I know you wanted to do a podcast, obviously, like that was coming back from Bath, you know, like that was you wanted to do. But like, how did you get into like, the idea of how you were going to do it? Do you know, so like, obviously, when I first like, met you guys, I was like, such a noob and still am to this day. But like, I was really, really hungry to learn. And I, um, you guys were probably listening to more podcasts than I was. And, and I tried to to get into that and i was listening to things like dotnet rocks um that kind of stuff and i absolutely loved it but maybe understood maybe 10 percent of it and uh didn't really feel like there was a podcast out there at the time that really helps just complete beginners and i know we've kind of ventured away from that a little bit now because we we had to really we, we couldn't keep doing the same material week in week out and uh but yeah at the time i just felt like we filled a a gap that was there and yeah, I, I know like your, your reservations, you were, you know, that we might get slated and who would actually listen. And well, we've, I don't know, we've not had much negative feedback. The negative feedback we've had, we've just kind of taken it on the chin. And, and yeah, I'm just, you know, still blown away by the amount of people who listen, to be honest with you. And, and, uh, so yeah, again, just the amount of people who've come on the show is just crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a huge thank you to both, yeah, the audience and the guests. It's quite, again, amazing. Yeah, and I think didn't we get an email like one time it was like from Australia or something and saying that because of you guys I've quit my job and become a developer or something like that. I think so. Yeah, that that is like the most amazing thing ever, isn't it? He's like, dead now. He commits suicide <laughs> two months later. Oh, he, he's now, he, regretted, he's he, reg- <laughs> he regretted it immediately once he did it. He said, yeah. "Why did I listen to these British people? They're yeah. so weird. They got a funny accent." That was like the main. I think and one of the criticisms we got wasn't it that we sounded too British. I, uh, I don't uh, know how we can change that really. Yeah, apart from putting well, some awful accents on. Yeah, I kind of like that, though, because it's nice knowing that we've got listeners from, like, because I know we've got yeah. a lot of listeners in the US and, like you say, Australia, and we've had some from Scandinavia and Europe, mm. and I'm probably making all these places up. But, yeah. <laughs> carry on. They don't know the stats. They, we can carry on. Yeah, we get but, Yeah, no, it is really nice just kind of knowing that, because we, we generally come together, and it's nice kind of chatting to each other, and we, we do this as much just to catch up with each other. And it's really nice that people actually take an interest in what we do, and kind of it's nice that people actually spend the time in their busy busy days to to listen to what we do and yeah no we do really appreciate everyone everyone listening and all the feedback we get is beautiful and uh yeah yeah no sh- the other thing is for me like um i think imposter syndromes become quite uh, famous like in the last few years it seems to have come uh to the surface more but i think certainly when we started recording the podcast i i was certainly a lot more intimidated um by a lot of the podcasts that were out there and i felt like anything i didn't understand on a podcast meant that you know, I was clearly doing something wrong and I shouldn't be in that business. So I just wanted to do a podcast where we weren't afraid to say, look, I haven't got a clue what this does or how it works. And yeah, I just, well, I hope that was refreshing for some people. Obviously, I'm guessing it was because people listened. So yeah, yeah. 
I think it's great. I remember the first time we sat down and, and did one of these podcasts. Like as I'm recording now, I, I always sit on my bed because I don't have a desk in my in my flat, <laughs> so I sit on my uh, on my bed with the microphones in my legs. But um, I remember, yeah, the first time we recorded one, I was sitting there absolutely petrified. Like I don't think I've ever been as nervous before in my life. And we must have. I remember we must have run through the intro like well, everyone's sitting there giggling, like no, you do it first, no, you do the intro and all that stuff. And it's really kind of nice to like think back to then and then, yeah. I think we've all become a lot more comfortable on on the podcast and what have you, and whether whether that's reflective and whether people are enjoying it now. We sound better and more professional. Hopefully, we do. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of nice to see how far we have come. In I don't think years. I do. I don't. I don't feel um, like I'm a natural when I talk about anything code related. That's why probably I'm the one out of the four of us that talks code the least. I, I don't know. No, I think you'd be being harsh on yourself there. Eh? Yeah. It's, it's. I don't know. It's. Maybe it's because I'm still relative. Well, I, I don't know. I keep saying I'm new to it. I'm four years in. Maybe that's not new to it. But uh, it's still, and whenever I'm talking about it, it doesn't feel kind of natural what I'm saying. And every every time I try and talk about something, I immediately think afterwards, "Well, did that even make sense?" I mean, it made right. sense. It's made sense in my head, but but I think know, that's true the, for like ninety percent of developers out yeah, there, I and that's why that's it's one important. To everyone on this podcast, man, I think, and it's yeah. not one of those ninety percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I am. The thing that really gets me is like we come on here and like. And like I'll, I'll try and like get words out and stuff, and then Ed's like the most kind of technically mindedly spoken person. Like you, you would make the best lecturer on the planet, I think. Yeah. Like cause you're really, yeah, you're really good and really fluent about talking about what's in, on your mind and stuff. So yeah, you kind of yeah, you you say all this really articulate stuff, and I'm like oh, I saw this video on the internet. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of. But I don't. I, again, I feel the exact same way. When I, I, I'll you know, once I, I eventually you know quiet down and actually shut up, I then think, crap, did I actually make any sense? there and like i have to think my brain yeah i I think i did i guess i did maybe and again i always go with this if it helps one person think about one thing that i've talked about great like that's all that matters and you know if every episode we help one person or you know maybe every other episode we've helped one person whatever you know that's that's the value i get out of them it's been able to like help people and again and and also talk to you guys because i mean that's the thing like we this is the only time we ever get actually to talk to each other really i mean again we met up at the weekend but that's very rare so this is the only time we all kind of get to chat and talk about this and geek out like we used to do yeah Yeah. and i think you know lou with your point i i am 100 percent with you and i'm the same in the sense that like i see something in php and i think i i need to know how that why that works and then even if i understood that in php then i want to know how it works in c and then i want to know how it works in like binary i just <laughs> I, I that's just the way i am and I, I have to deal with that every day of my life and realize that i'm never going to understand everything and but i can't come to the conclusion that if you if you make software with you know good conscience and you know you do it in a way that you think is responsible and you think it's, you're covering you know things like errors and bugs that kind of stuff and you test it then you know what you've done your you've done your job i think yeah. Um, uh yeah one I, thing I, one thing I mentioned to you guys at the weekend, which which I w- I would say is is advice that I would give to anyone who might want it, is um, obviously it's a bit of a crazy industry out there, particularly when you're looking up stuff online and you're trying to find out, you know, whether or whether or not you should do something or the best way to do something. I mean, as I said earlier on, there's always a million reasons not to do something. So find find a few people that you do trust, and you know, and go from them if you know. There'll, there'll always be people out there that you know that, that you can trust. I think. Yeah, and uh, does that make sense? Always... I've done it again. I've just said that, and then my brain's gone. That didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> brain's gone sense. like it's a separate entity. Well, separate entity. 
<laughs> perfect sense mate and i think the thing is and i read this just recently i can't remember if it was alex bilby or sam newman one of the books i'm reading but he basically said like sometimes people like google will do something and people say well google did it, it must be right and that is not the case like even big companies and big developers do things Absolutely. the wrong way mm. and um yeah it's i also think if you're constantly trying to do things the way that someone else says you should do them how will you ever learn your own style as well yeah yeah absolutely but uh, yeah, I I know I will have imposter syndrome to the day I die. And I think I, we all. I think yeah. a good developer does a bit. I think like because yeah. you shouldn't be like, like you should be confident but not cocky, and yeah. like you shouldn't yeah. you know a confident. I can have confidence, but I can still have imposter syndrome because I still feel like whoa, I don't really know this stuff. But what happens, as you say, you know, is the more you know, the more you know you don't know, and that yeah. is the that is the the be- well the beautiful thing about our industry and the beautiful thing about any industry where there is so much going on and so much change and so many clever people around and and from so many facets of life who come in, uh, you know, because you you know in this industry you'll get people who go to university or someone who was a, a you know a scripting k- kid hacker you know coming in or you'll get the people who are the mathematicians you'll get the people who come in when they get older and stuff and you'll get all these walks of life and they have all many so many different you know kind of clever things or you know scientists and everyone like you'll get all these different people and all their different you know experiences and stuff and you're bound to feel imposter syndrome because everyone's different but you've got to remember that what you have so you you have something that no one else has, and that exactly, is you know yeah. what you've, your experiences and your things, you know, and, you, and it's the truth that you know we're all going to be wrong some of the time. Like it's fine to be wrong, and I think it's having nurturing that and allowing yourself to be wrong and allow yourself to learn, um, because no, no one goes around just completing everything. And like you say, Google does it wrong too. Uh, a lot of big companies do it wrong. A lot of people do it wrong. I think the trouble is, is people, you know, and as you say with the whole thing, Lou, if you're saying like, you know, that people will tell you that you're wrong, you shouldn't do it that way. I kind of, you know, I have maybe some tunnel vision at some point, t- tunnel vision, because sometimes what I do is I go, okay, well, as you say, like I'll go through and I'll, I'll focus on these people and, you know, I admire these people, you know, get the Uncle Bobs of the world and all these big people like Martin Fowler and stuff. You read their stuff and, and you absorb it and you're like, oh, wow, they're so good and all this stuff. And then, but then you move on to other people and you'll slowly build up, as you say, your own kind of thinking of things and and it's nice to have that confidence again you still have the imposter syndrome but you're just confident a little more in what you're doing yeah Yeah, completely agree um, but I was actually going to say, actually mentioned uh, for people who do want to start a podcast, like because it would be great if there were like people making podcasts off the back of our podcast. You know, like yeah. they actually wanted to start, you know, doing it with their friends, you know, kind of thing and that. And I, I was just mentioned how easy it is. Like when we were doing it, obviously it was very much like the first episode. You know, as Mickey said, like we were just recording it through our iMac. Well, Mickey's iMac, um, you know, through Skype. So Skype has been like the B, you know, the kind of the de facto you know just skype is the easiest thing essentially any everyone you know everyone's got skype um so i really recommend just using skype or google hangouts um and there are some new ones in the market, but we'll go through what we've done so we, we have skype um and then what we did was we used to just u- upload it i think we hosted it on your servers mickey didn't we for a while i think we, we made an xml file that was yeah. just a static xml file that then we said registered off to itunes and etc and then you would actually manually edit this xml file yeah um, and then we've kind of gone through some you know changes where i we made it more dynamic so we helped but the files still hosted well we hosted the files in dropbox once and then we then went for more dynamic where we had it on this on the server in a do server uh digital server where it was a php site and it would have like you know it would generate the the markup for you the, the xml pod feed for you um and then you know then eventually now where we're at is so we have skype that's our kind of de facto recording we use audio hijack 
um, for recording. So I've essentially just got a nice little setup where you know I'm recording my my end and also there uh, uh, anyone on Skype's end. Um, we could do things such as like double enders, which essentially is everyone's recording their own uh, conversation. So they record their own local, and then eventually what happens is they're uploaded to one person. They mix it all together. That's the best way of doing it. I mean, it's the cheapest, easiest way of doing a good edit. Um, and a lot of professionals do that. A lot of radio people do that as well um but we typically i mean the easiest way for us is we just we just go you know i record on skype and then i've got the uh, people's audio externally and my audio and then we use audio audacity just clean it up uh one of the things actually tips that uh proctor did steven proctor said when we edited uh, when we did the functional programming one with him was he said oh you know don't uh actually he puts a, he asked like for a little noise sample beforehand and i was like that's a great idea so now what we do before we record uh before we actually start the intro and everything we'll just do a simple come just 10 second silence and essentially that 10 second silence allows me to pick up a good noise sample uh where i can then use uh, in audacity just noise removal and it is amazing how effective that really is um so yeah i mean that's essentially kind of how we do it and then we upload the files get uploaded now to digital ocean box we, we played around with s3 s3 was great um but it was very very expensive for what it was really um with the because we, we don't get loads of traffic but you know like these files are 30 megabyte each and everything and it mounts up so i went back to the digital digital ocean box and that's come down the pricing and stuff and we're still getting very good i mean there's one terabyte transfer on you know digital ocean box for like you know the the five dollar version or six dollar you know one so it's amazing i mean that's fine and then we host on github uh so github then what we do is we have you know the static build and jekyll and you can see it like it's all available and i'll put it in the show notes the github uh, repo that we have and you can see and just copy it clone it change it and yeah make a podcast it's, it's a great experience like again like it's become part of it sounds really corny it's become part of my life really because it's something that i can always go to always like oh it's really interesting oh, i'd be really cool to, if we could talk about this i'll talk about it with you guys or and it's been a gateway into like being able to talk to people that we never thought we would talk to you know yeah that's the thing because you've had conversations with like some of the rock stars of, of the industry haven't you like <laughs> oh, just, the great thing is they're just humans like everyone's like you, yeah. you may ask these people like, oh god i really you know and, and you speak to them and they're, like, they're the nicest people in the world and yeah. that's the like great go thing. for instance like he makes php yeah I know, mental. He is, you know, a yeah. poor PHP developer and he's the nicest guy ever and he's open and free to talk about anything. And with Joe, we've been able to do like screen uh, casts and things like that. I mean, I yeah. never would have thought of being able to talk to me. And this is the nice thing. Like, remember we, well, remember we spoke to about with Adam Watham, um, you know, where he, he started up Full Stack Radio and it's just kind of like, you, t- you ask someone, say, hey, do you mind just talking to me for an hour? Um, just, you know, randomly on Skype. It's like, okay, why? No, you weirdo. What are you doing? I've got a podcast boom there you go and it makes instantly people like yeah okay then i'll come on as it's a podcast so it's essentially a way for us to talk to all these really clever people and in in kind of delivery of a podcast so i mean it's really great and again like maybe if you have any problems or any issues like just just ping us like contact 3 com. if you want to start up a podcast if you want any info any help we'll be more than happy to help um one thing actually one annoying thing uh, about itunes uh it's really kind of like the stats and things like that we never really got it down and, and i did kind of have it down for a bit and then i messed it up and everything i've been playing around with a lot um but the one that i've actually stuck on now is something called pod track and i would recommend just using that essentially it's pod track is like it's a free um free pod tracking essentially because pod track uh software uh, online service and all you do is you just append um a url so it does a redirect link essentially to your actual asset so then it can work out all these things and it deals with all the stuff of like you know you only want unique ips you only want unique downloads you want to make sure that it was a full download all the, all the funky stuff that it needs to do and it will give you a nice stats you know for like oh how many people downloaded it and stuff and and what's you know most you know common countries etc and all these interesting things 
but yeah that, that's me just kind of yabbing on but i would say like really recommend people make podcasts they're awesome they are very awesome and i yeah i get to get by day by day listening to different podcasts and stuff so yeah the more that are out there then the better in my opinion can we uh for the 100th episode can we release the unaired like episode where fraser talks about arrays and like apples and pears and <laughs> it takes like four seconds Tears pouring down my oh, face during God. that. We, I remember we that. got so co- we, 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 you know, talk about not being cocky. We got so cocky on the second episode. We'd done the first one. We're like, oh, phew, you know, that was that was good. And you know, we were like, yeah, ten us. people have listened to it. exactly. <laughs> and then we're like, let's do the fir- the second one. And then, wow, yeah, did we just completely just get into giggles and we did everything <laughs> wrong? And it was like, yeah, this isn't professional at all. Like, it's great to have a bit of a laugh, but then yeah. you realise, wow there's a lot of editing to do and there's actually practically no good thing and like the amount of time yeah you're talking about apples and oranges and oh god it was great but no it's it's funny like as you say like all this is documented you know insane insane um but i mean actually one thing um that you used to do a lot of mickey because i've been going through some of the old episodes just kind of listening to some bits of them was the picks of the week or hot picks of the week and um i'm thinking we should bring this back so i'm I'm putting we never had any (laughs) <laughs> well we seem to make well, up you always some, you know? did we didn't well, no, yeah we're I... like uh, i don't know the the internet <laughs> <laughs> or mick would one. find something but then admit that he hadn't actually oh, God, it. it's like well i haven't used this yet and i never will <laughs> but i recommend this no absolutely no i'm not making you mickey um but no so kind of like i, I anything in your day-to-day job can be anything what can you put picks... a poll on twitter should we bring back hot picks because remember the last time you put a poll on Twitter? That oh, one... it got absolutely one vote, which was a solid vote from you because I was yeah. talking to you at the time. Yeah, <laughs> that was not a great, not a great poll. Um, <laughs> I, I will, I'll do a poll, but we'll see how many people actually get, it, how much people actually respond to it. Um, but no, has anyone actually got any picks? Like anything on their day to day life? Like you know, day to day, what software they use, what they couldn't live without. VR is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, even for people that, like, because I'm not much of a gamer in the slightest, but it is the coolest thing. So if anyone's on the fence about getting VR, just, just get it. It's, it's like, yeah. The amount Bob's of, like, joy, it's, so, it's quite fun talking to Fraser about VR because the minute you talk about it, he gets, like, this massive grin and it's like, yes, this is the best thing ever. And you even, like, yeah, you feel like this is going to be, and it, it really does sound amazing. Oh, it's so cool! Like you can do the most mundane things in the world, but it just it just feels. Okay, I'm probably still in the honeymoon period with it because I've not had a huge chance to play it. Play it for a lot. I've only spent a few hours. Are you waiting for it to cheat on you? You wait. I am. Yeah, the relationship to go sour, and then you know exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I I can't put into words, and you can't like words and videos and images don't do it justice. It's amazing. So if anyone has any inkling on getting into VR, just do it. It's amazing. Can you send me some show notes, uh, show links and stuff, like any blog intro, like kind of, because I mean, like, I was speaking to you about the weekend was kind of my first ever foray into the whole world of like VR. And I just yeah. didn't realize there was like two camps, you know, the HTC camp and then the Oculus camp and all this. Yeah, kind of HTC's thing. winning because it's well better. That's exactly it, you know, so it'd be great. I mean, if you could send me some links and stuff, like it'd be great yeah. for people who actually want to get involved and yeah, yeah. Ping, ping Fraser on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like, ping me on talk. Twitter if anybody wants to talk VR or if anyone's on Altspace VR, I haven't got any friends on Altspace VR, so come and yeah, add me on Altspace VR. Didn't you say that you can like like you, the space shuttle launch or something you're all in like a room watching yeah, yeah they were doing talk. a viewing party for a spacex launch um but i it was this was on friday night and it was going off at two o'clock in the morning because i think it was somewhere else in the world um and i was playing about 10 o'clock so i went in the room for it but it's kind of cool like yeah old space vr they 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 have not you wouldn't call them parties because that would sound really sad but they have these like <laughs> events and stuff and they have musicians and they have like comedy nights and stuff and you basically 
you've, it's like a, a chat room, like the old days of the internet, but you're actually physically in it and you can walk over and have a physical chat with somebody and it's, it's insane. Like it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm yet to have a conversation with anyone because like, I feel a bit weird. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, Hi, no, I feel yeah. a bit weird standing in my living room, having a conversation with my flatmates walking in and out being like, what the hell is he talking to? Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Um, so anybody has any VR questions or wants to chat VR or anything, please get me on Twitter. Awesome. And Mickey, how about you, man? So this is something that I couldn't live without or wouldn't want to live without. Yeah, like, wouldn't want to, I mean, like tools, wise. anything, you know, kind of thing. You know, I mean, Do like, you know it, what? because we don't for, talk about it much at the moment uh, anymore. Don't. I mean, to be honest with you, for me now, like uh, the projects I work on, to think about not working with Laravel and Homestead. Yep. That would be, I, also, I know I could work without it, but I wouldn't want to. For so, me, so what is it about homes? Is it because it's just all there, the kitchen, you know, just, it's just yeah, got everything it's just it straight needs. out of the box? Yeah, just everything's there, and then you know you can use artisan, and there's no worried about. Have you, have you looked at Valet yet, Mike? No. What, have you heard about it? No. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, it takes away all of that. It's um, I'll send you a link to a tutorial. It's like the an even more lightweight local development that. I think Taylor Rockwell and Adam Wallen Yeah, built it. That they mentioned it. It, was re- it sounds really interesting. It ke- do you remember we used DS- DNA- DNS, DNS mask. mask? Yeah, we used that like to you know like do the .dev stuff and be able to easily have a host files and things. And but yeah, like they've been able to do it with Caddy and all. Like that's just like a small HTTP uh, two server, and it's really interesting. Essentially, like it is being able to spin up quick development environments just locally. Um, I mean, I would still recommend. I would say having because you know during development and stuff like being able to actually just have like a representation of what real production is is still the win like you know because you get burnt on so much especially if you're doing a project like you are you know you've got so many different things you know software packages you know you've got like different services you know you've got your postgres installation you've got you know things that you depend on extensions maybe relying on it just being on your local box can kind of be a bit scary especially you know if you're not running the identical build and you're typically not going to be running you know like an ubuntu installation so i mean uh lou you know that the ssl stuff that you got yeah i mean that that's type of thing where you get burnt and you're like oh yeah because it's I need to have this dot release of this and etc. And yeah, having your identical builds is still like the pro. But yeah, for simple things like that, Valet sounds really interesting. How about you, uh, Lou? Uh, obviously, Valet. I guess is saying you've been. No, no, that? I'm not. I'm not using it. I just, I just know they've launched it recently. But yeah, Laravel and um, and Homestead. There, um, I use them all the time now. Um, what IDEs do you guys use? Or, I use WebStorm. Use WebStorm. Uh, what about you, Lou? I'm using Atom. It's not an IDE, but it's the editor that I use. That's good. Cool. Do, do you prefer it then over? Because Sublime has released a new build, I think, of three. Like, what? What? what it's like the wings I over. I haven't used it, but I, I just like Atom. It's nice. It's um, nice and clean looking. It's uh, they, the people of GitHub made it, so it's it's like it's constantly in development. There's there's a load of plugins for things that you can bring into it, like for Git and PHP unit and I don't know, like nice and quick file search and replace mm. functionality and just and and it, to be honest, it's really easy to transition to from Sublime because a lot of the keyboard shortcuts are the same. That is always nice when yeah. you don't have to. Yeah, your muscle memory stays intact. But yeah, I mean, Sub- Sublime kept crashing on my old laptop, and ultimately, then it died. So oh, wow. I put a black mark against Sublime, although it's probably nothing <laughs> to do it to do with it. But yeah, I agree with Lou. Actually, I think Atom is a very nice editor. I use that at home, um, but uh, yeah, in the office, I, I use WebStorm just because they pay a lot for a license for yeah. me. So. And it's awesome. Like JetBrains stuff is so cool. I oh, P- I'm a PHP Storm guy, and it's it's essentially like the kind of you know the PHP equivalent of web like WebStorm, and it's got some of the WebStorm stuff in it with the Java because it's PHP is obviously the web a web language that includes it all. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just awesome. I love PHP Storm. How about you, Mickey? 
I got a free version of PHP Storm through my university, and I just hate it. And I so, just yeah, don't know I'm, why. I'm still I, you, you've always, guy. yeah, you've never liked it. I never understand. Like, I just love the refactoring stuff to do with it. It just makes things so much easier, stubbing stuff out. Slow, clunky. Oh, you just, you, you, Mickey B, God, has to ruin it all. Sorry. <laughs> so, Lou, did you have anything else? Sorry, I completely took you over when I was talking the ideas. Only, only on the front end, browser sync. I've talked about that quite a few times. The the thing that I use that basically synchronizes on on uh, on my computer and on my iPad and on my phone. Yeah. So how does that work? So that essentially allows you to then have the, the a development build that's locally running on your machine and yeah. you just test it and develop and like test it on can, other devices. You can have it open the... on everything and it just synchronizes every time you hit save. It's got like a live reload thing that's built into mental. it, so it just it does the whole job without you having to refresh and you know keep picking your phone up and looking at it and stuff does it's it really make t- cool. so do you like have it all set up where you have like the like the ipad then the iphone and then your computer and you save and you check it in all the browsers at the same time yeah when i get to cool that rapidly. stage yeah it's very cool it's say it's saved so much time because I don't, I don't literally have to have my hands on the phone either i can if i scroll on my mouse it, it automatically scrolls up and down on the phone what? as well really yeah wow. oh, it's insane i, I can't believe that. more people aren't using yeah. it yeah i mean that's that is so does it say set up as a local machine do you have to like on the bre- on the web on your um like other devices just go to your local machine then yeah well, you, you just basically um i've i i use the api that they've written for it i've just got an npm script that hooks into it and then when it boots up it literally in purple just shows you what the urls you need to access it on whatever devices you're on that's awesome. You just go I've, to never, those. I, I've never used it before. I, I knew that it could do like push it. I never knew you could do like scrolling. I mean, that's mental. Yeah, give it wow. a go. Honestly, def- yeah, that, that's, yeah, definitely. That's by far the certainly in the last six months the thing that's changed that's improved my workflow the fastest. That's my, cool. Most should I say? Awesome. Um, yeah. One one thing actually I, I will say because um, I, I do now obviously work in uh, like with a, with some people on a project, a big project, um, you know, a long running project essentially, a product, and you know you're using GitHub and you're doing the, you know pull cre- pull request driven development essentially, you know where you have a feature, you do a pull request, it gets merged into master, released, etc. Actually explaining, uh, you know, like writing obviously good pull requests is a great thing, but like the assets along with that, such as say screenshots and things like that. One thing that I can't live without is recordit.co so record it um and it's a free gif animation recording product for the mac and it's amazing essentially it does is you just you know drag in saying i want to record this part of the screen you do your demo because you want to you know maybe explain a certain bit of feature uh, functionality especially if it's a front-end thing you know you want to show off what happens and you record it and it will then upload it to their servers it will give you a gif link you then put it in your github repo uh you know your, your comment or whatever your, your description boom you send it to the person i'd use it every day pretty much on like, you, is there a time limit on the recordings uh no not really i mean it's only as long as you really want i mean it's they're going to get bigger um bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger you know obviously because gifs aren't exactly the best format to store these things in but they're just so ubiquitous um but no i recommend recordit.co and i use it every day and it was one of those ones where today i was like playing i, I used it and i was like thinking i need to make a note of that because i need to talk about it on the show because I, again i use it every day and it just kind of slips my mind yeah um, that's got to be useful for remote working isn't it absolutely because sometimes you just yeah. want to like show off something you know like, again yeah absolutely yeah well you want to just show off okay this is the feature or this is a bug and yep. you, you know you can remember if you have a bug maybe you want to replicate it if i replicate it, i haven't got enough time to fix it i'll just maybe i'll just you know start up this 
do a recording of a gif and i'll be able to like put that in with the actual you know with with the bug and then people yep. can see exactly what's going on so i really recommend it and because yep. it's such an easy you know there's so many different recording things out there i mean gifs are, you know again ubiquitous so everyone is doing like recording things this i love this just because of the fact of how simple it is that it just once you put it in you click it you start record it does recording it will then give you a link and that's it job yeah. done so there's one there's, yeah there's one that i use which is similar to that called lice cap um and it li- literally just lets you the same thing you like draw us uh draw a box around the area of the screen that you want to record and you set your record settings like 24 frames a second press record it'll give you a three second countdown do what you want to do and then it'll spit you out an animated gif onto your desktop and uh, you can share that wherever you wherever you do That's so I cool, quite, actually, yeah. yeah so i quite often put those in like i read mine tickets if if there's ever like a dispute like qa's requesting something that no one can replicate we say well this is us trying to replicate it and you can actually give a a little gif and you can just upload it as an image to, to redmine and then uh yeah they, everyone knows exactly where everyone is and it's that's just nice good. to have that because it, it allow it describes intent because especially when you're doing like big pull requests or you're doing bugs and things sometimes it's very hard like we're not exactly wordsmiths as developers um so actually having something you know like an animation or like explaining it you know a picture is worth a thousand words and animate a video is worth how many of those you know so yeah. it's just yeah invaluable really um has anyone else got anything else they want to talk about on the 100th episode i think i've said 100th episode like a billion times but it is the 100th episode people need to know yeah absolutely anyone else got anything else or shall we wrap this one up we should wrap it up man yeah Yeah. um and yeah on to the next 100 all right then audience speak to you later bye see ya you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe.